He is risen. He is risen. That's your cure. Each time I say that now, that's what you say, okay? Now, since Jesus has risen, that's good. What can we learn from his passion of his, or his suffering? What can we really learn? Because, see, many of you have been to many Easter services. I'm sure you have. This is not the first Easter service that most of you have been to. Now, I don't want it to be just another Easter service because I don't want to uh, just be going through the motions. I want to change, and I know that you want to change. So what can we do to glean from the passion of Christ and carry it out every day of our lives? What can we do? Well, I'm going to go through a few things. Number one, let's look at Matthew 26. We can be faithful to Christ because everybody was not faithful to Christ. In verse 14, then one of the twelve named Jesus Cariot went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to deliver him to you. Now that's an interesting question. What are you willing to give me? You see, people tend to want something for themselves. I want something for myself, you want something for yourselves. We all tend to be more selfish than we should be. I am, at least. You might not be, but I am. And I'm trying to get rid of this selfishness. I'm trying to have the Holy Spirit, work on me, Lord, because I am too selfish. Help me to be more like you. Now, Judas was interested in himself, and so he wanted to find out what were they willing to give him. Now, verse 16, well, the second part of verse 15, and they weighed out to him, 30 pieces of silver. Now here's a man that's been with Jesus for almost three years and Jesus, he's, he, he's done so many miracles, he's loved them, and yet this man betrays him. Now, I know that that word betrayal seems to be a little bit hard, but if you look in Webster, uh, really betrayal is, is really just disloyalty, unfaithfulness. That's all it is. Disloyalty and unfaithfulness. And I know that that, that might not be as harsh as betrayal, but it means the same thing. So God is faithful to us, isn't he? And he's calling a people to be just like him, to be faithful to him. Now, he is the word of God. Christ is the word. Is that correct? We are his body. Is that correct? Is that correct? If we are his body, then we are part of Christ, aren't we? Our life is hid with Christ in God, the scripture says. So therefore, we are one. So God tells us that 
we need to be faithful to each other in order to show our faithfulness to him. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, we can say we are faithful to God, but see, if you can't be faithful to his body, who you see, how are you going to be faithful to God, who you don't see? You remember when, when uh, Jesus approached uh, Saul and then he got knocked off his horse, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say that why are you persecuting God? He said, why are you persecuting me? Because, see, Saul was not persecuting Christ. He didn't think he was. He was persecuting the people of God. Is that correct? And so you need, you need to understand that we are important to God, and therefore we're supposed to be showing the sweet fragrance of God in our lives to people. And therefore, we need to be faithful to one another. And see, Judas wasn't. In verse 16, it said, From then on, he began looking for a good opportunity to betray him. And the Son of Man is to go, it says in verse 24, just as it's written to him, but woe to that man to whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas answered, now listen to what Judas says. Who was betraying him? Judas was betraying him. He said this, surely it is not I, Rabbi. Now, Judas had to have sense enough to know that he has already betrayed him. But he didn't think the Lord knew. He didn't think the Lord knew he was stealing from the treasure. We have to realize that God is everywhere. He knows all things. And so therefore, I want us to glean from just the betrayal of the beginning of the passion is that Christ, Jesus, Lord, help me to be more faithful to you. Help me, Lord. That's what I can glean from. And I know that I can do that every single day. Easter to me is every single day. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. He rose again. And since he rose, we're going to rise again. Even though we will die, this body will die, we will live forever. And so God is faithful. And I want to be faithful to him by being faithful to you. I want to be faithful to him by being faithful to my wife. I want to be faithful to him by being faithful to my children. I want to be faithful to him by being faithful to those who don't like me, who talk about me, who use me. I, I don't, that's not my problem because Jesus is me. In other words, my life is here with Christ in God. So therefore, why should I take up for myself? In scripture is written that uh, he's going to take care of things, isn't he? Right? We don't have to do that. He don't want to take it up for ourselves. Let's go to another issue. 
I want you to think about how you can be disloyal, how you can be unfaithful to Christ this week. I want you to be thinking about it because I want your life changed. I want my life changed. How can we be unfaithful? Can I be unfaithful, Lord, by being too busy to spend time with you? And I know I should, but I don't make the time. You're not high on my priority list. Am I being faithful to him who knows the right thing to do and don't do it? To him, that's sin, isn't it? So I don't want to keep sinning. So that is an area that I can be more faithful, isn't it? How about money? People do a lot of things for money, don't they? They do a lot of wrong things for money. They show partiality because some people have money and some people don't. So the people who have money, they show partiality to them. I can be more faithful by being impartial. Is that right? Illicit sex. I can be more faithful to God by making sure I keep the commandments of God. Is that correct? We can be unfaithful to God by doing things that's not correct, not in the word of God. I can be unfaithful by being a type of person that I'm going to hold unforgiveness because somebody did something to me. You see? And I might say, oh, I forgive you. But in reality, I don't. Reality says that, you know, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to speak to you. And if I see you, I'm going to duck. You know? Now, you know people like that. I'm sure it's not in this church, but you know people like that. We can be unfaithful to God by holding our friends more important than us. Because sometimes our friends that we work with sometimes are not godly. And sometimes we want their opinion. Sometimes we want friends so bad that we will be unfaithful to God because we want to be around our friends. And they, want, they, are not, they don't want to hear about God. They're not doing the things that God wants us to do. We can be unfaithful to God by having a desire to succeed at work And that desire takes us to a point where our marriage suffer, if we're married, you know, our children suffer, because we are so in tune with trying to be successful. Yeah. Why don't you think about things and ask the Holy Spirit to search you and see whether there is any unfaithfulness in you. And I need to do the same thing in me. Because if he says, woe to the man by whom I'm betrayed, I don't want to betray God. I don't want to be unfaithful to God. I don't want to be disloyal to God. But I can do that not knowing I'm doing it. And so what I'm going to do is take away from this message, number one, I want to be more faithful to you, Jesus Christ. I'll be more faithful.
And I can do that every day, 365 days of the year, every year that I live, I can try to be more faithful to God. And that way, it's not just an Easter service. It's a lifestyle. His betrayal, you know, his going to guest cinema, his, uh, you know, they, they spit on him, they slapped him, they did all sorts of things to him. All those things won't be for naught in my life because I want to make it a reality every single day of my life. Number two, we must be willing to stand up for Christ. Let's look at verse 31 of chapter 26. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Now, this is what I would answer. I would answer like Peter. Even though all may fall away, Lord, because of you, I will never fall away. Doesn't that sound just like you and me? Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you that this very night before the cock crows, you shall deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing. Why is it that they said that but couldn't do it? They didn't do it. We know that. They didn't do it. Why is it? You know, I believe really they wanted to, that Peter was, he was saying the truth to him. He really thought that he would be able to die for the Lord if that time if that situation presented itself, he would, he would die for the Lord. He loved the Lord that much. But you know, they had a flesh, didn't they? And we know that the flesh is weak, don't we? We know that the spirit is born again, and the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We'll go a little further, and we'll come back to that. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Let's look at verse 20, 38. Watch and pray. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And that was a, a serious thing for him because Jesus saying that he's so deeply grieve that, that it's almost like he's at the point of death. And he, he just asked him, keep watch with me. And he went a, a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now this watching and praying, this watching is a mindfulness of, of danger, threatening danger. It's a spiritual thing. You know, it's not a natural thing, like if your house was going to be broken into, you know, you would stay up and make sure it wasn't broken into. But we're not talking about a natural thing. We're talking about a spiritual thing. Jesus want, wanted them to know, he wants us to know, that I want you to watch and pray because we have an enemy. And our enemy is not merciful. Our enemy takes a long time to find out what your weaknesses are, what my weaknesses are, and he wants to help us to fall away from the Lord, to fall into sin. That's what he wants us to do. And so he'll pick an opportune time when this flesh is weak, and he'll tempt us to fall. Now, you know, through James, uh, Christ, Christ will tempt us. Well, we call it try us. But he's trying us so that we will know that he's faithful and it, to build our faith up in him and our trust in him. He's going to bring us through those trials. But when the enemy tempts us, it's for us to fall. You see, it's to, for us to fall. And so he's saying, I want you to watch and I want you to pray. Because Adam didn't do that. Adam didn't watch and pray. So Adam caused all of us to have a sinful nature because he wouldn't watch and pray for his wife. And we need to watch and pray for our kids because God wants a godly heritage, doesn't he? He wants you to be godly and he wants generations after generation after generation after generation to be godly. That's what he wants. How many of you in here are grand, 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 grandparents? Okay, we have a few. So God wants you to be godly. He wants a godly seed. He wants your children to be godly. And he wants your grandchildren to be godly. And when they grow up, he wants them to be, you know, their children to be godly. He wants to a thousand generations. That's what he wants. Godliness. And so we have to be doing things to get the word in. Uh, I asked some of the children to come up. Um, and the parents, bring the children up. I, I, I talked to you about it beforehand. Um, because we're talking about, uh, I asked, I think, uh, yeah, Virgil, would you come up, Dietrich, and bring up your, your two kids? And, and, um, two kids. I, wanted, I wanted you to kind of get a gist of what we're talking about. Come on up here on the stage so they can see you, because they, they can't see you down there. You're kind of short right now, you know? You're going to be tall like your daddy, but, you know, right now you're not, not that way, see? Let me move this out of the way so you can stand up here. And, uh, Jason, would you get that microphone right there? Now, I don't care whether your kids are in public school, in private school, homeschool. It really doesn't matter, does it? You are responsible to raise up a godless seed. You're not... You're not supposed to let the Lynchburg City School System or the Amherst City School System, Bethel County School System, raise your kids. You're supposed to raise them, okay? Now, they, 
had memorized some scripture. You know, uh, I, was, I, was, I was really surprised. I mean, I was really surprised. Uh, Virgin Ditcher over, over the house. And, uh, you know, I, was, I ask kids sometimes, hey, give me a scripture. And they said, scripture? I said, yeah, you got to know some scripture. Come on, give me a scripture. So when I'm standing in the hall, I see kids come by, I'll ask them, give me some scripture. Yeah. So uh, I was really surprised that these two kids, I said, my goodness gracious. You know what they made me do? Go back and start studying and memorizing some scripture that they were, I said, my goodness gracious, this is smart, okay? Which one do you want to go first? Okay, Gabby, you, what are you going to quote, Gabby? Psalm 23. Okay, can y'all hear Gabby? Psalm 23, okay? Uh, turn the mic up just a little bit so uh, she can hear Gabby. Now, that's a favorite song. It was a favorite, favorite song of my mother, and I know it's a favorite song of most of you. And I have gotten some of it, and I said, well, now, you made me, add, Gabby, go back and memorize that thing again, <laughs> okay? Okay, go on and say it to, for the people. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leaves me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Woo! When Gavin said that over my house, I was shocked. I said, my goodness gracious. I said, go on, girl, you know. Uh, you were quoting, what, 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 what did you memorize? Psalm 27. Okay. Say part of it. Don't say all of it because that's a long thing, man. <laughs> the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I feel? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked... Even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and fell. Down whole sin and camp against me, my heart shall not feel. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. That's enough, right? That's enough. Woo-hoo! Woo-wee! Praise God. Praise you, man. Praise you. You know, I, I said, uh, let me turn to, you know, Psalm 27. Let's see if I memorize that. That thing is long. I said, no way, no way. I can't do that, you know, no way, because I have other scripture, you know. Okay, let's, uh, let's get uh, some of the older ones, okay? Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. Um, I'm just sorry. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Uh, they, uh, That's good. Keep going. That's good. 
But those who helped my Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not grow faint. Praise God. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Okay. All right. Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining or arguing. I need, I need that. Great. Praise God. Give a hand. That's a good scripture for all of us, I tell you. I tell you. Okay, now, uh, these are little ones too, okay? Uh, they are even smaller. So who do you, you want to start with? Okay, why don't you? At, at our house, none of them can read very well, so we have pictures that are associated with all of their scripture verses. And Justin has just accomplished 30 of them, but today he picked nine to share with you today. So here you go. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man does not bring up the righteous life that God desires. James 1, 19, 20. Starting at curls like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Proverbs seventeen fourteen, for with God nothing will be impossible. Luke one thirty seven, that's all that you do. You don't fluff. First Corinthians sixteen fourteen, but God demonstrates, but by, by the word of the Lord the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath of His mouth. Psalms thirty three six, shall not steal. Exodus twenty fifteen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Ephesians 4, 29. Hey, that's, that's good. Oh, my, my, Justin, that's good, man. That is good, man. That is good, Justin. That's good. And then Jacob has five that he's going to share with you today. But he is the one that said James just a moment ago uh, from his seat. All right. Good job. Good job. Okay. And then Jaya has two that she's learned. One that she can do very well is Colossians 3.20. Colossians. Children. Children. Obey. Parents. Let's repeat Colossians 3.20. Wow. Woo! Right, give me a Thank you. Thank you, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Now, of course, we could have called, we could have called anybody up here, and I know that you all could do that also. I, what I wanted to do is not try to embarrass anybody, of course. Uh, so uh, these are some of the people I work with. So anyway... That's what God wants. He wants the word of God getting in our children because if you have the word, you can pray more effectively because you can pray according to the word. And if you know the word, you won't be tempted as much because when Satan said, have God said, you can say, no, it's written this. So you'll know the word of God. It's very important to get out the word of God in. And so parents, keep doing that. I know more of you are doing that. We just didn't have time to get everybody. So we're going to watch and pray, okay? Watch and pray. 
Trust yourself to God. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, 20-23. Now God says that, For what credit is there if when you sin, you are harshly treated? If you endure it with patience. In other words, there is no credit for you. But if when you do right and suffer for it patiently, enduring it, this finds favor with the Lord. So he's telling us that when you're treated, mistreated, and treated badly, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the home, whether it's wherever it is, in the church, it doesn't matter where it is, uh, when you're in the grocery store, you do what's right. Don't return evil for evil. You bless people. Even though they are treating you wrong, you bless them because that's what God wants us to do. He tells us why in verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile. He did not revile with, with, in return to the people. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. How many of you have been mistreated before? Right, everybody. Well, God says that Submit, you know, commit yourself to him who judges righteously. You don't have to judge anybody. You don't have to, you know, talk about anybody. You don't have to put anybody down. God wants us to commit ourselves to him who judges righteously. And just keep on going. Because God has called us to suffer for righteousness' sake. For righteousness' sake. Not for doing something wrong, but for righteousness' sake. So I want to I'll take from this Easter service, the passion, of course, of Christ. I want to take from this that I want to be more faithful to Jesus Christ than I, than I am today. I want to watch and pray more than I've been watching and praying. And I want to commit myself to God, who judges righteously, because I know that people are going to continue to do wrong, to me, and I'm going to bless them. I know people are going to continue to do wrong to you. I want you to bless them. It comes with the territory of being a Christian. It really does. And matter of fact, if you're not a Christian, it still comes with the territory. You're going to be mistreated anyway. So the thing that God wants us to do is that Christians are supposed to be a light on a hill, Christians are supposed to be an example for unbelievers so they can say, why are you responding in such a nice way when our boss, you know, he just, he just, you know, just fussed you out, he, 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 he blamed you for something somebody else did? That's wrong. You can tell him the hope that's within you. That's what you can tell him. That's what Christ wants because the world can't do that. The world can only give evil for evil, you know, grumbling for grumbling. You know, if you do it to me, I'll do it to you. As a matter of fact, I'll do it to you first before you do it to me, you know? That's, that's what the world is going to do, you see? 
but not, 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 not Christ. So we're supposed to commit ourselves to Christ, trust him for what we need. Salvation and healing. Salvation and healing. In 1 Peter 2.24, says, He himself browsed sins in his own body on the cross. Every sin that we could ever commit, he bore it on the cross. That we may die to sin and live to righteousness. By his stripes, we're healed. By the stripes he took on his back, for all the, 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 the things that happened to him in this suffering of Christ, he took it for us. And he took it willingly because he wanted to do the Father's will. And we must do the same thing. And salvation is a gift. It's not something earned. It's a gift from God. It's his grace, his mercy on us. Healing is healing a relationship between God, the Father, and us. We're separated from God. Jesus Christ bridged that gap, and he healed that relationship. But also, it's physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing also is in the same cross when he died for us. So we can now... Trust God to believe God that God, even though you know I'm struggling to speak today, God, I know that I'm gonna be better. You're gonna bring me through this thing because healing is for me, you know. And you can do the same thing in your life, you can lay hands on your children and pray over them, you can know them with all, pray over them, and God says He has raised them up. You can do that. So this Easter service, I'm I'm beginning, just beginning, we have other things that we can glean from it, but next week I will finish this message. And I want you to come back next week because I'm going to finish the message. And I believe that you just don't want to come to church just for Easter service. I believe you want to come because you want to honor God. Because he, he gave us life. He died for our sins. And it wasn't just a, a one-time uh, thing, you know. He, he's not going to ever go to the cross again. But it's not for just one thing, one day. On Easter service, you'll come to church so that you can honor me, and then you don't have to come anymore. No, he wants us to be in his presence because he loves us. Oh, he so loves us. He's been... He's been wooing me before I even knew he was wooing me. When I was, when I was a sinner and didn't care nothing about him, he was wooing me. And so how can I not glorify him by wanting to hear his word on every Sunday? Because I get built up when I hear his word. And believe me, These messages are not just for you. They are for me. I want to grow in the Lord. I want to be stronger. Because it tells me, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his strength. Then I'll be to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
So if I'm not strong, then I can not stand against the schemes. And all of you who are athletes, all of you who, who know anything about athletics, you know that you can't just be strong when you were a teenager and expect to be strong when you are in your 60s or 50s or 40s or 30s and you have done nothing since you were a teenager. You will lose that. You will lose that strength, believe me. You will lose it. You're going to have to keep on being strong. You're going to have to keep on exercising. Because if you don't exercise those muscles, they will atrophy and you'll lose the use of those muscles. It's the same thing it is spiritually. If you don't continue to grow in the Lord, if you don't continue to get in his word and be strong in the Lord, then you'll start being weak. And enemy likes weak people. He really does. And I'm determined that he's not going to get me or my household. I'm determined that he's not going to get you. Not in my watch. He's not going to get you. you know, Because I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. And I want you to fight for me. Let's stand. Thank you so much for being long-suffering with my voice. I appreciate that. But this is a, a serious time of our service because I know that, let me have the prayer team come up, please. I know that in any service, we need to be given an opportunity to rededicate our lives to Jesus Christ, we need to be given opportunities to get prayed for. And we have two men over here that if you want them to pray over you and see whether they get a prophetic word for you, they'll be here to do that. God speaks through his body. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, do so today do so today because when he's drawing you want to be drawn you don't want to let this day pass without getting prayed for and they are here to pray for you anything that you need salvation if you need rededication if you need healing if you need comfort whatever you have a need for Prayer works. I believe in prayer because Jesus prayed. Let this day be a day. It won't be just a regular Easter service. It'll be a service where you said, I'm going away from this service. I'm going to be more faithful to Christ. I'm going to be more faithful to his body. I'm going to be more faithful on my job, I'm be more faithful in my home. I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna train my children to watch and pray. I'm gonna do these things. And I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate salvation every day because it was a gift. I'm gonna celebrate the relationship that's been healed between the Father and us. I'm going to celebrate 
the opportunity to pray for people, to pray for myself, to be physical, mentally, emotionally healed because Christ has died for that also. Then next week, we'll give you a few more things to take away because I believe that you don't don't want to be in a service and can't apply anything. You don't want to be have an Easter to go by and wait till next Easter again to hear a, a good message. You want the message to last 365 days of the year. At this time, we are going to go ahead and dismiss. So uh, feel free to, even though service is being dismissed, to still take advantage of the prayer up here. We want to thank you for joining us today with this service. You guys are such a blessing. It's so awesome to gather together and glorify God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Make sure that uh, those of you that are uh, new with us today, stop on your way out and just um, chat with Pastor Taylor and his wife Minerva. They would love to hug on you and shake your hand and just get to know you a little bit. And uh, thank you again for joining us. He is risen. Amen.